All right, all right, NBA Quick Pot is locked and loaded for Thursday, October the 27th. Mackenzie Rivers is in the house. I'm your host, Sleepy J. Today I've gone through the NBA card for Thursday, and now I have to go ahead. I have to convince Mackenzie of my best handicap. I'll give you a handicap on a side total and prop play. Mackenzie will grade those handicaps on a scale of 1 to 10. Then he will buy one of those, which one he believes is best. Mac, we were on a 6-0 heater with our first two Quick Pods. Only to be cooled off there yesterday. Warriors let us down in every which way. Klay Thompson got ejected. Not good all around. Do have to ask you, how do you feel after we got smacked around there with our latest podcast? Well, it wouldn't be fun if it wasn't a very difficult uh, endeavor that we we try to do, trying to hit 55% plus. Hey, 6-3 and three, overall, we'll take it. But we said on the last pod, we're talking about suggested picks. We're talking about the beginning of our handicaps, uh, how we're taking the card, how we're, what we're thinking about. Not necessarily slam dunk, bet your mother's children's children on it. Although I think, you know, if you listen to the three podcasts in aggregate, again, six and three record, even without the record, I think we provided valuable insight. Uh, if you're trying to if you're trying to learn this, if you're trying to teach a man to fish, I think uh, you're in the right dock. All right. Well, I'm coming for blood today there, Mackenzie. We're going to end up making some money with the picks that I have laid out here. You're still undefeated. So, you know, you, you keep doing you. <laughs> I'm three and three now. It's all right. It's all right. But um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to try to convince you uh, into my handicap and see maybe if we can pull out some winners here. Uh, let me go ahead. Let me start with my side play. I'll go ahead. I'll take the Sacramento Kings plus the four and a half points here, McKenzie, uh, at home. One thing I like when a, when a team is, is kind of backed up against the wall and it's a winless team and they, and they play at home early in the season. Every single team, they want to get rid of that goose egg on the ledger. I think they play extra tough, and the crowd is even more into the game uh, because they, they know that they have to rally behind that team to you know get them to a win. The Kings, they haven't had an easy three-game run. They played the Warriors, the Clippers, and the Blazers, and this also sets up for a tough game for them also. But Memphis now starts on a four-game West Coast road trip, and they've been off since Monday, a couple days too long, I think. Later start time than what they're used to, you know, early in this NBA season. So maybe that throws a little bit of a kink into the Memphis Grizzlies team. Memphis is coming off of a big win against the Nets, and that game kind of smells like a letdown to me. I can see Memphis thinking that they're going to just cruise right past this Kings team, and I'm not sure that that's necessarily going to happen. John Morant playing at an extremely high level, and I think you need a speed guy to slow him down, and De'Aaron Fox can actually go ahead and do that job. Sabonis on the inside should have a big game. Big men this season have shown that they can exploit that Grizzlies lineup and that Grizzlies size. That's the tipping point for me. I think that Sabonis is going to have a big game. I would consider him in some prop plays. But I think the one-two punch with Fox and Sabonis has me thinking that this game's razor close and that the Kings actually stand a pretty good chance to go ahead and get their first win. So I'll go ahead. I'll take the Sacramento Kings there, McKenzie, plus four and a half. What do you think? I like it. I'm going to give that a 7.4. Stamp it 7.4. In general, you're on the right track whenever you're betting a winless team. History's very much your friend. Hundreds of games, 53%. If it's after the third game and you're winless, I think you got the hungrier team. And they haven't played poorly, like you mentioned. So uh, I think you got value and letdown spot for the Grizzlies makes sense to me. I like what you said there with the Kings have not played poorly. Their, their margin of losses is not all that bad, especially against you know the teams that I mentioned. Uh, with that out of the way, let's go ahead. Let's jump over here to my total. See if I can bench you a little bit more with this one. Uh, let's go ahead and let's take the Heat Warriors under 225 and a half points. We just talked about the Warriors 
and the Suns and how we expected the Warriors defense to go ahead and kind of step up and, and, you know, show that they had some life. That didn't happen. In fact, that game was the highest point total for the Warriors uh, that they've allowed this entire season, 134 points. I'm kind of glad that they ended up giving up that amount because that's the one thing that Steve Kerr is great at, showing his team on paper in black and white just how bad they were. He gets his guys focused, and when they play like crap, uh, the team generally responds. And we've heard it before. We've seen it before. You know, when the Warriors go out there and they turn the ball over, uh, we all hear about it, and it immediately gets fixed, usually the next game. So I think the same goes here for you know the defense, that it simply plays much better in this game, and the Warriors just can't expect their offense to go ahead and, and get into a game and carry them all, all game long. I see extra defense here from the Warriors tonight against the Miami team who has the second worst scoring offense in the league. Miami is struggling terribly right now to go ahead and get the ball in the basket. Miami's defense has been really like the only thing that's really keeping them in games and both of these offenses, I think they both run at an average to below average pace. I think the defense is the focus tonight. Kerr will stress upon that with the Warriors and I think this Warriors team will actually look like the Warriors team that we saw in the finals last year instead of a team just trying to be the, the greatest show on turf, you know, while they play no defense. So I think it's an attitude adjustment here for Golden State. I think Miami goes in playing the champions with a defensive type of attitude. So I'm going to go ahead. I'll play the under 225 and a half. That's what I have for my total. What do you think? It makes a lot of sense. Draymond Green is saying all the right quotes. Hey, they're not good right now. It's on me. I'm supposed to be the defensive force. I expect them to be better. And you talk about Steve Kerr. One of the strongest trends I found last year in the finals, after a loss, that game is going under if the Warriors are involved. If the Warriors lose, they play the next day in the finals. Pencil it in. It's it's an incredibly strong trend. That game goes under because they pick it up defensively. Now, it's not the finals. It's not a playoff game. But the fact that they're talking about it, the fact how loud it was, national TV, Phoenix, just drilling them, putting up 135. It's definitely in their minds and in their hearts. I expect them to respond. So, Stamp that, 7.4. I like that. I'm going to talk about the transition game and how it's how it's speeding up the NBA and a lot of games are going over. But neither of these teams are uh, exactly dynamos in transition, uh, especially the Heat struggling with an older Kyle Lowry as their point guard. So like that play. See if I can go ahead and convince you with my player prop. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's take a look at Christian Wood over his points, rebounds, and assists. Now, there's no number out for this one yet. And this one probably won't come out, I would say, maybe till a little bit later. But I think the number here, probably in between 30 and 33 and a half. And I think that's fine because this Nets defense has been the second worst defense in the league. Terrible is a good way to describe this Nets defense. Nets rebounding, worst in the league. I think this bads Nets defense and rebounding sets up for Wood to score and grab a ton of boards. And because their defense is so poor, I wouldn't be surprised if Wood racks up you know, a couple more assists than he's averaged on the year. I think he's averaged like 1.7 throughout the season. Wood's minutes have actually ticked up each and every game that he's played this season. And this is a clear game in which he could probably gobble up the most minutes because of the inside advantage that I think that he'll have. So it's pretty simple there, McKenzie. I feel like there's a massive advantage here for Christian Wood going up against his Nets defense. So I'm looking at his points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, anywhere between 30 and 33 and a half, I think that that's the way the line will come out. But I think he has a good chance to go in and get pretty close to 40. I like it a lot. You mentioned one small thing that I think is the key to the handicap. His minutes have been ticking up. He's a new player on a new team. 
Is he going to play 35 minutes a game, 25 minutes a game? It all depends on how he plays uh, and how the team responds. Well, first game, 24 minutes, most recent game, tight all the way through, 29 minutes. He shot 8 for 10. He responded. I expect him to play 33, 34 minutes, and I think the matchup things that you talked about make a lot of sense where you don't really mind uh, you know, going smaller and having Christian Wood as your one big out there. That means he's going to gobble up a bunch of rebounds against the Nets. Expect him to play, again, more minutes as the season goes on. So this is my favorite play that you've mentioned. I actually liked all three. So grading on a curve because, you, you, you know, you've made six picks. They've all graded out well, but I'm going to say this one. 7.9, your second best handicap to date, and that's the one I will buy. Take it to the bank with me. Christian Wood over points, rebounds, and assists. All right, so we'll go ahead. We'll stamp that 7.9. That's the one that McKenzie's going to buy. Uh, so with our plays out of the way, we do have one hot topic that we want to go ahead and get into. McKenzie, you are in charge of this for today. What do you got? So the NBA, again, blew it up, changed everything. Well, not really, but there is one tweak that I think we really have to consider when betting NBA totals. We talked about this the first game of the season. The take foul rule has completely changed the way fast breaks, really not even the way that fast breaks operate, just the frequency of fast breaks that we see. So a little bit of context, why this rule change happened. NBA with playing a lot of smaller guys with a three-point revolution, less bigs, really weren't able to handle a lot of guys like James Harden, LeBron James. If you're Jordan Clarkson and James Harden, LeBron James is within 30 feet of the basket and it's you and them, foul. That is is the shrewd move. What else are you going to do? What are you going to get in a three-point stance? I mean, you got no chance on the break. So a lot of guys just said, hey, take the foul. Maybe we're in the bonus. Maybe we're not. But I'm going to take, you know, having them take it out with a foul rather than the easy two points. So we saw this uptick, 2018, about 0.3 take fouls per game. This data is from Kevin Pelton at ESPN, 0.3. Fast forward to last year, that went to 1.4. Almost a 500% increase per game these fouls were taking place, so the NBA said no mas. Now, if if, if you're on a break, one-on-one, and you don't take a legitimate swipe at the ball, and the NFL, NBA obviously is going to have a lot of leeway. One referee put it like this. We're not so naive to think that we won't disguise some of this, but we want a legitimate, and we're emphasizing the word, a legitimate play on the ball. So other than that, if you're in any chicanery, if it looks like you just want to slow them down, this is what happens. You get The team gets a free free throw, and they get the ball back. Now, if you look at the expected efficiency of someone taken out on the side, which is a lot less than a fast break. So that's why the rule, that's why the occurrence happens so often. And you add the efficiency of taking a free throw, one free throw, make it and get the ball. It's essentially the same as allowing a dunk. So now if you're Jordan Clarkson and LeBron James or James Harden's coming down to full speed, you can either allow them to dunk it or in a roundabout way, you can allow them to dunk it. Because taking that foul is pretty much the same efficiency as allowing two points 1.9 points. Maybe they missed the dunk. Really, essentially, it's the same play, so there's no advantage to the take foul. And thus, that comes all the way around to my point, which is overs have been hitting. I'm an under better. I think people are overzealous when they see a big scoring run. They see a 
a big scoring output one night. They just think it's going to come over. And more often than not, I'd say 51% of the time in the NBA, people think the over is too is inflated and the under is the way to go. However, we saw this in 2015 and 2016 and 2017. When there's a rule change and a fundamental shift in the league, you got to be cognizant of it. And I can't play an under unless I really love the handicap other than this. Because we've seen, yes, really quickly uh, the market started to respond to this. This is the highest average total we've ever seen in the NBA, about 225 points per game. And it still hasn't caught up. The average scoring is the highest it's ever been, 227 a game. So about two points over expectations per game. I don't think it's just hot shooting to start. You know, Now it's going on 30 games here. We've got a pretty good sample. A lot of shooters involved in this data. I think it's a fundamental change, especially transition teams. Teams like the Pelicans started off really hot. Teams like the Raptors, good defensive teams that helped their transition. They've had success. On the other hand, teams like the Lakers, teams like the Sixers, slower teams, teams that rely on the half court a little bit more, at least historically, have come out the gates uh, you know, underwhelming. So it doesn't lead to a best bet. Can't say this is how you're going to make a million dollars off this information, but I think if, like me, you want a universal approach to NBA handicapping, it's definitely something you can consider, you have to consider, uh, to do it right. So as someone that watches the game, someone that um, handicaps the NBA every day, have you noticed this sleep, and uh, how have you um, taken in the new new rule change and the new faster NBA? Well, before I even watched it, I had to think about, you know, what, what the effects of it were going to be. Now, Fast breaks are going to slow down, but I assume that there will be less fouls called, so that means less free throws. And I'm like sitting there trying to measure that out. But I thought what you said was really important when you said we have to figure this out. And and that's the truth of, of the entire thing is that we have to figure it out now. We have to either get in front of the market or we're going to end up being behind the market. And we, you know, we talked about this, what, just a few podcasts ago. So it seems like we're understanding that this is going to change the game. And how could we measure that? How could we get, you know, real numbers that you and I believe in? I think that that's the question. I guess the easy answer here, and I think that this is kind of like the generic answer, and we need to drill down a little bit deeper, obviously, is your most people are going to measure transition offense versus transition defense. I also wonder, you know, NBA teams, like, you know, what is their speed rating? I can only assume that, you know, slower teams with slower guards and centers uh, is going to be a team that we want to look at maybe a little bit deeper you know, can we identify head coaches that, you know, are out there screaming and, and pushing their teams up the floor? You know, and we see that a lot in like college basketball, you know, head coaches screaming on the sidelines, running up and down, trying to get that team up the floor as fast as possible because they know that there's a benefit to that now, especially in the NBA. Now, the NBA, uh, it's typically, you know, we don't see these coaches being so so vocal and energetic on the sidelines, but maybe that's something that we have to look at. You know, maybe we look at three-point shooting teams. You know, if we can get two teams that are on the floor that don't shoot a lot of combined threes, you know, what's the net result of that? I think that that could be something. One thing that we do know is that the game is changing. And the NFL has done this in the past where they just move all their totals across the whole board. And we've seen totals go up, you know, in every game for the NFL, whether they're justified or whether they're not. You know, when it comes to the two-point conversion, you know, the change of the kickoff rules, the rough and the pass or things like that. So I think that the work begins now. And we have to find those holes. But if we can't start putting the pieces of the puzzle together, McKenzie, then we're never going to get a clear idea 
of what we're doing, where these lines are going to end up, where they're going to end up going. So I think me and you sit down, we put everything on paper, we brainstorm this, and we start measuring things out. And then we can kind of say, yes, we're tracking right, we're tracking wrong, or here's what we feel the most confident in so we can get in front of the market. Because at the end of the day, that's the most important. And this is going to change the game. I think McKenzie's actually identified that um, rather well. Well, I feel good that we were there opening night talking, hey, the Celtics playing really fast, a lot faster than usual. And we talked about that fundamental shift. And that's what I love about this podcast. The NBA is a very fluid thing. These teams are fluid. These players are fluid. And the league and its rules are fluid. And uh, we'll be there to analyze it uh, all the way because it's what we love to do. And uh, hopefully we make some money on the, along the way. And hopefully everybody who's listening actually understands what we're trying to do here. We're trying to figure this stuff out for you guys because – this is what we do every day. This is our job. This is Mackenzie and I's job. Figure this stuff out and get that information out to you guys. So you can rely on us to try to figure this out. And this is one of the things that Mackenzie and I love to do. You know, we love to go ahead and dig into the numbers and figure out, you know, what the hell is going on so we can go ahead and make some money. But that'll wrap up the quick podcast for today, guys. Make sure you guys check out Mackenzie and I's quick podcast tomorrow night on our Twitter accounts at sleepyj underscore pregame at Mac and Rivers. If you guys want to save some money on some picks, Simply go over to pregame.com, enter code DUNK20, and you guys could always find Mackenzie and I over there at the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NBA Thursday. Enjoy the game.